Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. And Happy New Year! Yay, we did happy it! Happy New Year, everybody! 2020! <laughs> we made it. We made it. Oh my goodness. A whole nother year to the podcast. I can't believe it. This is amazing. You know, this this year we did so much, we added a whole nother co-host. Like, we, we literally increased the podcast size by a third. Yeah, thirty-three. This, this is it's it's hard to believe that it's been another year. Um, is this year two now for us? Year three? I honestly can't even remember any longer. Yeah, if we look, it's I been mean, quite a while. It's yeah, eighty. This is episode eighty-eight, which is it's a oh, lot. Snap. Of, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of podcasts. That's a lot of it's a lot of um words and a lot of megabytes of that have been a lot of talking, a lot of games. A lot of yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, I can't really. I'm excited. Well, we have to think now's the time we think about our 100th episode. What is that going to be? Ooh. Well, we'll think questions. about it. And if anybody wants to give us suggestions on what they would like us to do for the 100th episode, obviously shoot us a shoot us a message, shoot us an email if you like, and let us know what you want to see. I or like here. It. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They can't really see. Well, they could. They used to. At one point, they could see us, and then we stopped. True, true. Maybe they, they want to see again. Maybe that's the, yeah. be the feedback. Or not. Yeah, that could be. That could yeah. be. Now, we're pretty light this week as far as news. Isn't that correct? That is correct. So, yes, with it being the new year, we're going to kind of reflect on 2019 a little bit. And Nintendo has been doing that as well. They came out with a couple of videos uh, one of which being Indie World related, and it's the best-selling indie games of 2019. The video is just kind of your standard mod podge of cuts from different video games thrown together. But um, I'll list out the games that were in the video really quickly in no specific order. So they had Cuphead, Blasphemous, Danwell, Katana Zero, My Friend Pedro, Slay the Spire, Wargroove, Untitled Goose Game, Castle Crashers, Terraria, Baba is You, Unravel 2, Steam World, Steam World Quest, Torchlight 2, and Ori and the Blind Forest. And there are a couple check marks on this list. I think we're interested in a few of these because we don't all have them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I love that they gave this and gave some, you know, call outs to these, these games. I kind of wish we had some sort of order. It'd been just interesting to get some stats and see, you know, mm. they just say it's the best selling, but I would like to see where things fall on the list. But for me personally, Slay the Spire is still a must get that was called out. SteamWorld Quest is a must get and Ori and the Blind Forest is a must must get for me. Those were the big three that I still don't have and I really want. Yeah, I had Ori and the Blind Forest checked too. I played the demo for that and I know I'm going to get it at some point. Yeah, I uh, put a checkbox next to everything. So everything I don't own already, (laughs) I want it. So I do own Downwell, Katana Zero, Wargroove, Untitled Goose Game, Unravel 2, which I bought because it was really, really cheap. But I mean, I do put a check na- checkbox next to all these because I'm like, oh, these are these are all games that I would want. The top ones that I really still really, really want to play, though, are Blasphemous, which I heard is just spectacular, and My Friend Pedro. They've been on sale here and there, and uh, I just have so many games. Um, and of course, Ori and the Blind Forest, but why not? But, you know, all the games, basically. And it's really cool, but I, I agree with Mike Lair. I wish that there was some order um because you know we get the top and there's other articles about like the best-selling games but it's hard to correlate them together because sometimes other you know triple a releases and and free downloads sort of clutter clutter the list so it's hard for us to put it together but congratulations to all the nindies basically that's that's what Mm -hmm. we say now we do have another list that does have an order to it and this is just overall in general the most downloaded games 
of all of 2019. So in first place, you got Fortnite. No surprise there. Second place, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. In third place, you got Minecraft. Fourth is Cuphead. Fifth, Untitled Goose Game. Sixth is Pokemon Sword. Seventh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Eighth, NBA 2K19. Ninth, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Tenth is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Eleventh, Pokemon Pokemon Shield. Sorry. And twelfth is Super Mario Maker Two. Thirteenth, Overcooked Two. Fourteenth, Hollow Knight. Fifteenth, Legend Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Sixteenth, Luigi's Mansion Three. 17th, Cadence of Hyrule, 18th, Super Mario Party, 19th, Final Fantasy, Seven. <laughs> and 20, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, and 21st place, you got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, 22nd, Undertale, 23rd, Crypt of the Necrodancer, 24th, Warframe, and 25th, Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, he did it. <sighs> Great list. list. <laughs> a lot of third-party games. Yeah. That's yeah. probably the biggest surprise i mean fortnite of course because it's free to play but you know right. beyond beyond super smash bros which was last year game 2018 title the top five are all third-party titles which is spectacular there's so many great games on here as well and you know coming from the previous system where there wasn't a ton of third-party support for the switch or for the wii u it's it's fan- this is just a testament that we got it now it's very clear that this is not just a first-party machine and it's excellent right All right. Now, if you guys remember a while back, we discussed a collaboration between Sony and Nintendo making what they were referring to as the Nintendo PlayStation. And we mentioned that the person that originally owned it uh, is is looking to sell it. He, He wants to get it, get rid of it, put it out into the world, let it be for somebody else to enjoy. We discussed how great would it be if this was going into a museum or maybe at the Nintendo store in New York City or somewhere where the public could see it and appreciate it and marvel at its wonder? Well, we are not getting that. It's actually just going to get sold for a lot of money <laughs> to somebody and nobody else gets to enjoy it. So, yay. yay. But uh, so, yeah, this is now going up for auction. And apparently, according to Valerie McClecky, who works for Heritage Auctions Consignment, she says this could potentially go for six figures or more. She didn't even give a number. She just said a staggering amount. Apparently, there had already been offers for over a million dollars for this. And it's said, even though there's no games, nobody can find a game for it. It is confirmed that this does still work. So uh, if you do manage to pay the large sum for this one of a kind device, you may be able to play a game if you ever find one. And uh, so, yeah, there you go. If you've got a lot of money sitting around, this auction is scheduled for March 5th through the 7th of next year. And if you're really interested, you can start bidding online in February. Unfortunately, we don't get this to be for the public. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, I hope maybe just Nintendo buys it. That's what that's what they could do. Just buy it, put it in. That would be cool. It, I mean, yeah. it's it is a cool device. I mean, it's it's you know obviously it's important because it's one of a kind and and it it says PlayStation and Sony all over it. And then if you look on the casing, like the actual controller, it says Nintendo on the back. So it's really kind of cool that it's tagged by both companies. It would be really interesting if there was a game that we could see running on it. That would be fascinating. But yeah, I mean, this would be so cool at you know the Nintendo store or somewhere where you can walk by and be like, oh, wow, remember, what would that have been like? Maybe a museum will buy it. 
Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Smithsonian. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot of people that don't even know about this collaboration at all because this was right after, well, right during the Super NES era, and uh, this was before the PlayStation had come out. And the idea was that Sony, who really was in charge of the the CD-ROM era in a way, was going to make this extension, this add-on, this new console collaboration. So the controllers are actually SNES controllers. While this 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 monstrosity collaboration <laughs> between them is is a SNES slash CD-ROM device. So very very kind of crazy. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I could see it. I would, I would like to see it. So I'd, I'd pay a dollar to see it. But not a lot. Sure. Not. I mean, I'd buy. Start I'd buy getting mer- in February. Yeah. yeah. I'd, buy, I'd buy some. If I went to a store, I'd buy some merchandise to, to, to see stuff. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Opening bid, James, with a dollar. A dollar. You never know. You never know. That is well, true. hey, you know what's better than having to bid a dollar on something? Tell me. Free games. Who doesn't love free games? Because Nintendo um, has announced a bunch of new games for the Labo VR. And I'm actually pretty excited because my Labo VR is built, constructed, and sitting in over there and it's being neglected. Um, well, at least over in Japan, over on the news channel, um, is the announcement for 15 free new mini games for Labo VR kit, which I think is really, really cool. Um, so you don't need the, the game or anything else like this. There's a, there's a bunch of them. So... Uh, the first game, uh, which they highlighted in the in the channel shop, is called Fortune, or Omakuji, uh, and this requires uh, the players to shake the Joy-Con and then draw a fortune with the A or R buttons. Um, so it's kind of like a cool little thing where there's like presents and all this stuff on. It. It's really really kind of cool. Um, and then there's a bunch of other games. So there's uh, they're all like most of them are in Japanese. So I won't even try to do that. But they're they're either Japanese titles or generic titles like Christmas or Baseball Board or um, Alien Tataki, uh, Kaiju Shooting, Sushi Board, Shooting Game. So there are all these, you know, Capsule Toy. There's all these different little mini games that you can download. So 15 free mini games for your Labo VR. And, I, and I'm a believer in at least this VR experience being perfect for this small little mini game. So this is only in Japan currently. Um, but if you're over there, check it out. Or I guess you could spin up probably a Japanese account and then go to town there. Mm. Now, if that isn't enough, we have two new Pokemon games launching on Facebook Gaming. These two are Pokemon Tower Battle and Pokemon Medallion Battle. Pokemon Tower is weird. Apparently, this one's available worldwide, and it puts two players against each other, and you each take turns stacking Pokemon that drop from the sky, very Tetris-like, and you have to build uh, like a, a pile, basically. They call, they call it a tower. It's a pile. It's a pile of Pokemon. And um, <laughs> if your Pokemon that you put on the pile falls off or you knock down the tower, then you lose. So that's a thing that exists now. And, and it seems pretty cut and dry. There's really not much more than that. Now, the other one is Pokemon Medallion Battle. This is currently only available in the Philippines, and it has a little bit more depth, at least from what we can tell from the screenshots. This is sort of a digital card battle game, and you collect Pokemon just like you would. You can level them. You can win gym badges. You could try to fill out your Pokedex. And apparently, there's going to be new releases coming out. So, you know, whatever, maybe it's the original pokemon right now and then more will be released you can collect all of those based on those screenshots it still is element based which makes sense and it does seem like there's some social 
features in, included. Both of these were built using Facebook's instant games platform. I guess Facebook is really making a huge effort to attract gamers. Earlier this year, they launched a dedicated gaming tab. I'm currently not on Facebook anymore, so I haven't seen this, but it's it exists. And Facebook says that it's working because more than 700 million of its users play games, watch gaming videos, and take part in the groups. So that's each month. So that's huge. And wow. Facebook has recently acquired the Spanish cloud gaming company Play Giga. That's huge. The, the Pokemon Company CEO actually went on to say that he welcomes this. Launching these games through Facebook will allow people all over the world to experience Pokemon in a digital form, which I guess Pokemon Go and the Pokemon games don't do. Uh, and we are especially thrilled to collaborate with Facebook Gaming in enabling new audiences to enjoy Pokemon games online. Now, my concern, and maybe you guys want to talk about it, is there too much Pokemon? Is that a possibility? Are we just getting a little crazy with the Pokemon stuff? Yeah, I, I there can never be too much Pokemon. Let's be honest about it. But uh, I, I think in this era, I think this is smart from the Pokemon company only because if, you know, we in the U.S., like obviously all three of us live in the U.S., have access all over the place to Internet, to unlimited data, all these things. And when you travel to other countries, that's not really the case, especially in a lot of emerging markets. And additionally, while I'm not on Facebook either, Michael's not on Facebook. I don't know about Christina. Or I basically hate Facebook. It's the worst. And um, um, not necessarily the company. Just I don't like the the website. I don't like the I don't like the things. I don't like the, so I'm, the I don't social like, aspect of it. Yeah, I just kind of got over it. A platform. Mm -hmm. That's a great great word. Yeah, Christina. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but there are places and countries in the world where Facebook is the internet, right? Like the only mm -hmm. way people yeah. access like the whole entirety of the internet is, is Facebook. So having games such as this um, be on Facebook, I think it's probably really good for the brand to reach new dedicated users that may not have the bandwidth to play and download these games or maybe even search for them there. This it's another just place of discovery. So I think that's really good. Is it too much Pokemon? Maybe, 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 maybe. I feel like I feel like the medallion game is more interesting than the tower stacking one only because so I don't know if either of you have ever played this, but I babysit and a lot of the kids have this game where it's literally they have these little wooden animals that are carved out and they have to stack them and take turns stacking them. It's essentially that idea just with the skin of Pokemon. So mm -hmm. that one to me is just kind of like a half baked kind of like, oh, we'll just make a game and we'll do this, but make it Pokemon. And that just kind of feels like it's half baked, like what I said. But the medallion one seems a lot more interesting, but it's unfortunate because it's only available in the Philippines. So it feels like they're not really doing things fully. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's I guess that, that's my only gripe about it. It's interesting to me because looking at the screenshots, I think I would play the Pokemon Tower Battle if it were an app, you know, like a free just download, mm -hmm. you play it for a day or two and then you're like, okay, that was fun. I could see myself having more mindless fun with that. Whereas the battling thing, it's not for me, right? It's not for what we would be playing because it's not offering a new experience because we have Pokemon. We have the legit game. And, and we have so like many card games now too. Yeah, so so yeah. for me, that one, while it does have more depth and is more in line with things I'm interested in, I don't think it's something I need. It's not it's not adding anything to the Pokemon 
I guess, experience. Whereas the silly tower battle, as mindless as it could be, I can see that being more enjoyable for at least a short while where you're just like, oh, that was funny. And then you kind of close your phone and you know move on. You don't really think about it too much more. Now, I don't know if these can play as an app on your phone. I would assume if you have the Facebook app, it would work like that. It just takes over the screen. Like I said, I don't have Facebook and I haven't really ever played a Facebook game on my phone. So I don't know how they work, but they exist now. And that tower one, you can at least play here in the States and anywhere else Mm -hmm. you are, unless you're in the Philippines. I don't think I know how to use Facebook anymore. I think that's my... Like I, I just, I mean, I have We're all an too old to understand it now. <laughs> I, I have an, I have an account, right? Because I have to have it for work and for like, you know, things like that. I mean, I don't have any friends. Right. It's just my family, but I, I never go <laughs> on to it in years, but I only have it if I am doing developer stuff. Cause you literally have to have a Facebook account. It makes it easier to have a real one city validation. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I just try to go onto the mobile website and I'm like, I, uh, I'm confused. I'm, I'm out, I'm out, quit, close, cl- close tab, go. Um, so anyways, yeah, <laughs> they do look pretty good though. Surprisingly for an instant game, if, if the idea is that it's quick in and out, you know, I have some games on my, on my Android phone inside the Google play games portal, um, which, which is like where you download other games, but they have some built-in ones like mm-hmm. solitaire and snake and Pac-Man and minesweeper. And those are kind of instant games where I didn't download them. They're just very small, lightweight. I can play for five seconds. And, and this, these games are only nice because, since they are exclusive to Facebook, it makes, from a developer point of view, it makes developing the game itself a lot easier if you're trying to go across multiple platforms, do cross-play, all this stuff. Like, you have your friends built in, you have your profile, you have your login. Like, it's all done already. And um, they can pump out these games a lot faster. So, mm-hmm. um, and I could see, obviously, the Medallion Battle maybe is being tested in the Philippines, go outside of it. But you could take any of these games, right? Like there's like a billion games, just skin slap Pokemon on it and you're done. I mean, I do want to say, I want, I would like to have these stick as stickers. Like, how do I get this? How do I make it so I can just give Nintendo money for the stickers? Like I see the Jigglypuff in here and a a little adorable poses. I just want that as a sticker. (laughs) Yeah. I like the, like, I, I like the look, the presentation and the art style of the tower battle, I think more than the, uh, the medallion battle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, that that would be another thing for them. Sell those, sell those stickers. Let's let's get it like for our phones. We'll throw them in the chats and stuff. Yeah. Oh, sticker packs. Yeah. 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 All right. On to the last uh, article here. Oh, this is a fun one. We mentioned this last year uh, on the podcast about um, TV ad spend from the different companies. So when you're watching television, you know, which a lot of people do all the time, or you're watching hulu with ads or other things Mm -hmm. with ads these are tv ads that you see like companies pay money to put their product in your face hole and uh, nintendo has ramped up over the years the amount of money that they spend Um, um, they've still not reached the amount of money that playstation or xbox has reached uh, but they're doing very well so last year this year 2019 it's funny to say last year, I guess, because <laughs> it is the first. Um, they spent $46 million, which surprisingly is not that much. If you remember the one year they bought the Super Bowl ad, ad you remember that? Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I think that was multiple millions of dollars right there. So they didn't do that this year, I'm pretty sure. But they spent $46 million, uh, which is the lowest amount of money from any of the big three, um, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. So PlayStation brand spent the most at $108 
$8.5 million and Xbox at $100 million. So what does that buy you? Great question. I'm glad that everybody cares and is concerned. Well, that buys you (laughs) for $46 million, 3.07 billion impressions. And an impression is like it actually was on a screen. That's not necessarily like the amount of people that ingested it. There could have 100 people around a screen, uh, but that's an impression. Now, comparatively, Xbox did the best, even though they spent 100 million um, compared to 100 and you know, 9-ish million from Sony. They got 4.8 billion impressions. So they just kind of targeted it correct. Now, um, that's quite a lot. So I, I still think Nintendo, though, they got 3 billion compared to 5 billion, but spent less than half of that. So they did fairly well in the impressions. Yeah. Um, what's fascinating here is where this money is spent. Where is this money spent? Any guesses like the genre of television baking shows? No, it's a, it's a sports sports sport ball. I don't know if you all watch Hmm. sport ball, but that is where all of the money is spent. Uh, in fact, I want to say it's about, you know, 20%, um, of, of this spend is on either NFL football, NBA basketball, sports center, or college basketball. Surprisingly, though, the number five top spend category, SpongeBob SquarePants, just SpongeBob. Uh, Quite the demo. And in in fact, (laughs) Nintendo of the forty six million dollars spent seven million dollars alone advertising on SpongeBob SquarePants, which I think is amazing. Just a one so show. Strange. So strange. Jeez. I know oh, it's man. one show, not not cartoons, not like Cartoon Network. Literally like SpongeBob. Ca- yeah. SpongeBob. So and then and then the sports are a weird like reach as well. You know, yeah. football, basketball. I, I would assume that's the demo of their male like gamers. Maybe is that what they're thinking with that? I don't I don't understand what they would go for with that demo, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe so, that's why NBA Two K Nineteen did so well. Besides the fact that they went on sale. <laughs> that's true. But yeah. That's true. There you go. So and and then of course there is another whole that that the whole other sixty seven percent and other genres, which they don't really break down. This came from iSpot TV, I think, um, which is really cool. So we'll put that link into the show notes so you can read it. There you have it. That's the news. That's the news. That's it for the news. So let's move on to the top ten best sellers of the week. So first we got Cuphead. Um, second place is Puzzle Book. Third is Pokemon Sword. Fourth, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Fifth, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sixth, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Seventh, Gekiyaba Runner. Eighth place is Wrecking Ball Adventure. Ninth is Minecraft. And tenth is One Strike. So that gets us to new releases for the week. And there's not very many. James, you're Big the week. only one that checked anything. So <laughs> go ahead, shout them out. All right, here we go. Breaking down the week of December 30th through 1-5, January 5th. One game, Linkapix Deluxe Edition, <laughs> is hitting the store shelves tomorrow, January 2nd, for $8. Now, I did check this because it's the only game coming out, so I didn't want to not talk about it. But uh, <laughs> you know, last week, we had quite a lot of games flooding the eShop for Christmas. But now, everyone, they tapped out. They already released their game, so... Uh, Lightwood <laughs> Games is releasing this one. This is a um, it, it's it's a Picto Cross style game. There's there's a free mobile app. There's a website where you can do this stuff. There's a 3DS game. This is a um, a flavor and enhanced version of the 3DS game that's optimized for the Switch's single screen and touch screen. Um, and you you use it. There's numbers and you do draw these lines to match up numbers to fill in a picture. Uh, for all intents and purposes, 
Uh, I liked Picross a lot, and this has that blocky style to it. Um, if you're into that type of game and you were looking for a puzzler, it, I think it's expensive at $8 and there's a lot of free things that you can get on the internet, but you can get on your switch and this includes all of the downloaded content and all of the extra packs from the 3ds. So there's 120 new puzzles in addition to the 120 mono puzzles that are on it. So there's hundreds upon hundreds of puzzles for you to solve. And, and there you go. It's $8. That's the one game. That's it. That's all we have done. Mm. I don't it's been a very long time since we've had such a small amount of games coming out for the release week, but I'm feels, okay with that. Feels good. I'm okay. It's refreshing. Yeah, it is kind of refreshing. We each week yeah. uh, there's a bet almost, you know, one at least two games that I'm really interested in and so it's nice to not have that right now. Um so now that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show, what you playing? Um, so I officially finished and completed the story of Pokemon Sword. Um, and I know, Michael, you did as well. So we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute if Mots doesn't mind sort of spoilers, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't think we need um, to give spoilers necessarily, but we can discuss, just discuss the story. The story yeah. OK, um, so I'll wait until you kind of go through your list and we can talk about it a little bit. Um, now, City Skylines was on sale. It's still on sale, I believe, until tomorrow. So I think it's. 60% off, so it's $15.99 US dollars, which is a really good deal, and it comes with two expansion packs, so I definitely picked it up. I have the game on my my Mac, so I have it, well, I have it on Steam, and I love the game, so the fact that it was available on sale for the Switch, I've been looking at it, it's been on my wish list ever since I first got my Switch, so I had to get it, played it for a little bit, and I'm really enjoying it, and it's so easy to like pick up and then save it and put it down. You can play it for five minutes, put it down, and I, I, I love when you have a game that's like that, but it's so complex as City Skylines. Um, I will say that usually on the computer, I progress through game through like the cities a lot faster. Like they just grow a lot faster. And I've noticed that on the Switch, the progress itself seems a lot slower. And I'm not sure if it's just because there's a little bit of a learning curve with the controls and pu like putting in streets and um, pipes is a lot more difficult, <laughs> especially when you're like me and you have to have straight lines. <laughs> so... Other than that, I'm really enjoying it. I love it. I think it was definitely worth the amount that I paid for it. And I don't have to like set up my computer or anything um, to play it, which is fantastic. And that's pretty much that. That's all I played this week. So mm -hmm. how about you, James? Well, I have continued my Pokemon Shield adventure. I have not progressed nearly as far as you two, but I'm excited to hear about the end uh, of the game, not necessarily spoiler alert, because I think it will push me to finish it, right? So sometimes I need that motivation because mm. when we're on the holidays and the amount of games that are coming in that you can get sidetracked mm. by. I felt like when I was on holiday, I didn't have the ability to download games or do anything. So I just had one game in my switch and it was go right. It's the only thing I brought and I played it a lot. And then when I got home, I was distracted by holidays where we had family in town. We had the, <laughs> it was amazing. It was we had an amazing holiday. I loved every moment of it, but I didn't have a lot of time to just sit down and, and play my switch um, at, at sure. all. But I did spend some time playing Dauntless. And I know last week we didn't really get really in depth on this. I figured, Michael, we could discuss this just a little bit is I thought that one Dauntless looked really cool. It looked like a monster hunter world cross platformy game. But I thought that this was one of the only games that really did that cross play, cross progression, cross everything. So I actually installed Dauntless on my computer first. I got a new graphics card, 
sign into the Epic Store with my Nintendo account, because that's how I did Fortnite on my Switch originally, and that's how they're linked together. Played the game for several hours. I live streamed it on a Nintendo Dispatch uh, Twitch account and really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, for a free game where I haven't really had to buy anything, I've been leveling up my equipment. Uh, the game has an overworld map where you take jobs, which sort of feels like a, a shrunk down World of Warcraft because I haven't played a lot of MMOs recently. But you have all these quests and you're doing things and getting gold and crafting things. And it's all in a very tight, small area. And when you do a quest, instead of traveling to a location, such as what you would do in World of Warcraft, you just go to the board and you say, I want this quest. And you just magically drop in there with three other random people. And uh, then you you wander around, find a big monster, slay it and and, and, and try to win. Um, that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it on my PC. The controls are pretty good. Installed it on my Switch Lite uh, portable. And um, uh, I was like, wow, this feels pretty slow. It actually... Um, I knew that it was going to be 30 frames per second, but I was actually surprised that it felt a little um, uh, muddy. It felt like I was in sludge kind of going around and really love the control. So I said, OK, uh, you know, I know that this is in portable mode, so it's not um, boosted in any way. And that's that's the downside of switch switch light, of course, um, or when you're in portable mode. So I said, let me let me let me download on yet my other Nintendo switch because all the switches. Right. Um, so privileged to have all these devices sitting around. <laughs> so I installed it on my main switch docked and played it on my TV, much better experience, um, with the pro controller, basically it actually wanted to play the game. Um, yeah. and, uh, and that was good. I was playing around, did the same thing, but between all three of them, by the way, there was no, didn't have to worry about cloud syncing. Didn't have to, I mean, everything just worked. Like a hundred percent. I I like I didn't even on my switch have to do anything because my Nintendo account was already linked to my Epic account and my Dauntless account, which I set up on my PC in moments. I just opened the mm. game and I started playing. It was amazing. Like that was so awesome. cool. Yeah, very, very streamlined. It was I, I think we mentioned it last week where it was the easiest experience I've had with anything like that on the switch. Yeah. It was it was fantastic, and it's really, really nice to see. I mean, to be, to be fair, Epic is doing a great job with that. What, however, that works through them or through you know the games that they have on their launcher. Where Fortnite, same thing. I jump in Fortnite on Xbox. I jump on it on my computer. I jump on it on the Switch. Everything's there. Everything's updated, and it works fine. This is very much the same way. Uh, I had noticed the same thing as you, where you know you're on the Switch, and there is sort of this. If you're in handheld mode, you kind of separate yourself a little bit and just kind of realize that these things, it's its not always the best gaming experience. You know, you know it's just not, you could tell it's its its sluggish. It doesn't, the hardware is not built for that. Uh, on Xbox, it works great. And even docked, I loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. It plays very, very well. So I can see myself spending decent amount of time on this. And as you said, for free, if you decide to buy into it, there's things you can buy cosmetic. Uh, I think there's weapons, things like that, or the battle pass. If, you know, if you've played modern warfare or Fortnite or any of those kind of games, you're very familiar with that battle pass mechanic. This is also built in. You pay X amount, you got it for the season. And that just kind of promotes more stuff. You get more stuff when you go on your, your hunts. 
And uh, yeah, really, really well done. I'm pretty surprised with it and I can see myself playing it more. It's not something that's going to consume a lot of my time. I can't see myself getting you know, the hours that Fortnite gets from me, but I can definitely see myself playing it and having it on the Switch and just saying, oh yeah, let me pop that in. I want to see what it looks like. They have like Christmas, everything was decorated. There was snow falling. There was stuff in the main overworld, which I'm always a sucker for. So I enjoy that. I enjoy when games stay current, you know, that, that just shows me like if it's a world that they can adapt to the times and adapt to the seasons, I, I always find that fascinating. And for whatever reason, it always feels special to me. And so I really enjoyed that when I went in, I was like, Oh, there's a winter fest in here. This is really cool. And (laughs) it just made me that much happier to, to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I love when they when anyone does anything like that. Just I'm a soccer too. I can't help it. That's it. That's all I've been playing. Just mostly Dauntless and, and that was it. And I agree with you too. I think that it's a game that while it's free to play, it's not a game like Fortnite where you can get in and out really quick because once you're in a monster battle, you kind of got to be in it. Some are short, but then the harder ones, sometimes they're you're not there. short. You're there for a while. So yeah. um, uh, it, it is good, but it is, a, it is a good one to definitely try out. So I, I would recommend that. Yeah, I was reading that some of those hunts, if you go in and your your gear is not specced, you know, appropriately for the type of battle, because there's there's different um, elemental components to the battles. And if you're not specced right for the battle, some of them can take up to I think I read half hour, 45 minutes. And so that's a bit of a commitment <laughs> to sit there wow. and build a battle this thing for, you know, quite a while. Obviously, whatever, if you're in the battle for that long, you're supposed to be getting better drops from it. But it is a possibility. So just keep, you know, mindful of that. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. Now, I guess that gets me to my games and to no surprise, Pokemon Shield. Now, if we want, I think we could definitely discuss elements of the story or impressions of the story, I should say, because I don't want to give away anything. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that yeah. have not beaten, have if not beat the game. So I don't want to ruin the story, but we can discuss that. And then there's a few things that I'd like based on playing it and and finishing it what i'd like to see for the next evolution of pokemon where i think this game or this series needs to go for me to i i don't want to say to keep appreciating it and keep enjoying it because i i this was my favorite pokemon that i've played so far but i I, there's just things i need to see change for the future i mean it's been 20 some years now it's it's time for some some evolution if you will uh, but yeah, what do you want to start with, Christina? What what was your impressions of the story? So I think I, I said to you er, kind of early on when I was going through the story, we had a conversation on the side. And my struggle with the story is it feels like it's written by a small child. Like just the way, like it's not an in-depth story. I feel like it feels like it's written by a small kid for a small kid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like sometimes characters will come and they'll just say things that are totally obvious or like the way they're animated or just the, I don't know, just like the mannerisms of the characters, I guess they just feel very, just not, not what I'm used to, I guess is probably it. Cause I'm used to playing more like in-depth games that are a little more mature. And I would almost like to see them do that in the future. Like, I'm not saying I didn't like playing the game. I, I thought it was fantastic. I just didn't love the story part of it. Um, yeah, and this was my first agree. real Pokemon game too. So I, yeah, I'm just jumping in, and this is my opinion. But <laughs> you've had more experience playing the games, and it seemed like you kind of had a similar opinion, right? 
Yes. And I and I think Mots could even yeah. jump in on this because from what you've seen so far, you probably get a taste of it. But the yeah. story, not only does it seem written, and I would be very interested in the demographic of Pokemon. Now, I know that it's probably a huge demo, but for somebody like me that mm-hmm. started with the originals, I still play them. And it doesn't seem like the game has changed or grown or um, aged with its demo. Now, maybe the demo is you know, leaning towards much younger, I don't know, eight to 15 year olds. I I honestly don't know, but it, the story does not feel that way. And it is painfully, um, written at times, the things they say, the, (laughs) the, the, the tips that they give, you make weird, um, decisions in this game that don't seem to matter in any way where a character will ask you a question what do you think of this and you'll have two options and you select them but essentially they're the same option and i do believe they get the same result no matter what you they don't change yeah they don't affect the gameplay at all really so i'm not sure why those are even there just just talk just give me the story i don't i don't get Mm -hmm. it and i think that this could definitely start to target a little bit more mature audience not necessarily you know 30 and above but it could it could be a, written a little bit better i think anyway and like, one I, of I our think, listeners I think, breath of the, I think breath of the wild 2 does a really good job with that where it's 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 kind of it serves both demographics i feel like it could be it could serve younger kids and like their more mature audience yeah yeah, and, and yeah. that's a perfect example, you know, and that's what yeah. I was going to say where I would like to see for the future, I need to mm-hmm. see or would really like to see Pokemon push into that open world, um, very similar to Zelda. A lot of people are saying that. And I need to mm-hmm. see the story shaped more appropriately for the gameplay. You know, in the in the very first one, your goal was to become the best there ever was and you're a trainer. That was it. You had a you had a team that was trying to prevent you from doing that, but there was a reason to keep going to gyms. There was a reason to keep pushing mm-hmm. because that was the story. And then this other team was trying to prevent that, and you kind of had to thwart them and and keep pushing towards your ultimate goal. In this one, you're 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 trying to do that, but there's this more serious threatening thing going on in the background and then everybody's just like oh you know what though the world might end don't worry about that but just keep you keep battling you keep doing <laughs> you, know, you you go to the next gym swing yeah, back yeah. around when you get a chance and maybe we can solve this but for now eh, don't worry yeah. about it it feels so disjointed and so odd to me to keep playing and keep going towards these these stories like keep working towards these battles when they seem so trivial compared to the story you're trying to build around me why am i even bothering with this so what i would like to see is that your goal is still to continue to be the best trainer or however it is but reimagine the reason in the story behind that perhaps there's you know, there, there was already jobs built into this, which I like. I like sending my Pokemon off to do jobs and have them come back with more experience. But what if the new story is open world and it's similar to a Skyrim or similar to a Zelda where you're getting quests, you're getting things. There's still gyms. Missions, you still have to yeah. work your way to go to that. But the NPCs give you tasks and jobs. And instead of you just sending Pokemon off to do the job, you actually have to go with Pokemon suited for that job and complete things. So now you're catching and raising and doing something that more naturally kind of works towards 
the goal of the game. I I don't mm-hmm. know exactly and I uh, the best way to do this, but it doesn't fit. This one felt particularly disjointed for me, the story in general. Yeah, I mean, from someone who hasn't finished it yet, I sort of forgot that there was a story now that, that mm. you brought it back because you, you're you introduced <laughs> to the story and then you, it's sort of ignored because um, you you do want to be the very best mm-hmm. um, uh, like no one ever was. And, you know, most likely what you're going to end up doing um, is trying to catch them because that's the real test. And um mm-hmm. You know, at the end, um, to train them, that that is the cause. And when you end up <laughs> traveling across the land, you will end up searching far and wide. And really, I really want to understand each Pokemon, the power that's inside. Um, and uh, I mean, that seems to be the theme of this game overall. If you were to, to summarize the story and the theme, that that is, um, in essence, um, those original lyrics that I just came up with. Um, that would That's be great. that would be the theme of, of every single um, Pokemon game ever created. But I agree. I think I think that, um, that they could go deeper into a story into something because how great would it be if there wasn't just you got to get through these eight gyms and do this thing right? Because you the story gets sidetracked because they fit it into the eight gym um, um, mm-hmm. thing. Whereas if yeah. if it was more open world and more crazy like that they could just have infinite gyms why isn't it just more more gyms and there's a new land that you can explore and there's more gyms there and you're just trying to be the very best so um yeah. and then well and that's the thing it does seem as if that's the story until the very end oh. and then all of a sudden the story comes back in and it's like oh yeah all of we forgot it kind of feels like yeah it kind of feels like two stories like you finish the first story and then it's like oh surprise there's this whole other part to the story like i i thought at one point i finished the game mm-hmm. yeah. and then all of a sudden i was like no there's this whole other part and then like i think i got two like end title screens like i got one title screen that said the end and then i got another one at the end it was very confusing that part yeah <laughs> but it's like it's like two chunks of the story it's it's really weird how it's set up mm-hmm yeah, I, yeah. I think you're absolutely right, Mons. Though that they 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 kind of pigeonhole themselves into a certain mechanic and a gameplay style early on, which worked because that was essentially the goal. That was it. You, Ash Ketchum wanted to be the very best, and that was your journey. And ever since then, they've tried to continue that with the story evolving, changing, and growing with the series. And this one in particular felt so so odd to me. And you'll you'll see when when you get to the parts that are towards essentially the end of the game that all of a sudden this this crazy story loops back in out of nowhere almost and has to be resolved and it just feels so odd so out of the timing and everything about it felt so odd to me one of our listeners Mm -hmm. marvy has actually mentioned us talked to us on discord about it a couple of times and it'd be interested if they want to chat to us now that we have completed it we would definitely love to talk about it so they've had questions and thoughts about the the story as well and and if anybody else listening wants to do that feel free to chat us up and let us know what you thought of it because for me, I want more. I'm ready to see this this series kind of grow a little bit, and I want to see more happen. Now, another game, City Skylines. I also picked it up. I've been watching it for quite a while. I've had my eye on this, and when it dropped to, on sale, I had to do it. And I've been really enjoying it. I've, I've put it a couple hours in, and I want to see when my city gets to a certain level, if that really bogs down the system. But 
I'm I'm very happy with it. It is in no way a visual comparison to when I play on my computer. Obviously, that's right. you just know that going in, but it's very very uh, good as far as what you're getting on the Switch. I'm it's very much playable. I will actually play it more often off off the podcast. We discussed how I've been wanting this, but. I just don't play on my computer that much, whereas my Switch is always with me. So I'm excited to be playing this again. And then maybe to everyone's surprise, we actually discussed it last <laughs> week a little bit. This game has been on my wish list for probably a year and a half. And that's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Now, I gave Mods a super hard time last week saying this game was total garbage, but it has been on my wish list for quite a while. And I finally <laughs> got it and I have been playing it. And I... I still have issues with the overall game, the racing, the maps, everything is beautiful. Just like everything Nintendo does, they do a super good job with the the tracks. I mean, some of them are just so interesting, so well designed. My issue with this game and um, maybe other people feel the same way. I with with eight, you had to earn a lot of stuff. Right. You had to unlock things. You had to kind of go through with eight deluxe. You're given everything that that includes DLC, everything right from the very get go. You've got essentially like all the racers and all that kind of stuff. You do get to unlock, uh, I think, carts, tires and the the gliders. So as you do think, mm-hmm. I think, collect coins, you get to unlock more of those. I'm currently trying to get gold Mario. That's my main drive in playing a lot. And to do that, you have to get a gold trophy in every single class and every single, um, whatever it's called, every single, I don't know, course or whatever. And that's been fun. Um, online is fun. Everything is fun. It feels a little weird when you jump into the game because there's nothing. It literally just starts. And then there's like a couple menus and you just start. Pl- there's no nothing. You, you I, go. I don't know. It feels a little weird to me. You just go. You just go. You, 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 know, you, you just go. You just go. It's it's pedal to the metal, right? <laughs> right from the get go, <laughs> and it it feels a little weird because I'm like, oh no, intro uh, like video, no just nothing. Go. You just, just go, do it. Don't but, go for uh, it. Just a racing that, game. That's the, it. The 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 look, I you know, it is just gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful, and uh, so yeah, those are my three games that I've been playing this week. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, well, cool. that's what you've been playing. But you know we haven't hit an hour yet, so that means we need to fill this puppy with more content. And, and the, the year just ended, and the year also just started. So we figured we would just take a short amount of time to do one by one, just like we just do our what you've been playing, but do our sort of either top picks or 2019, um, you know, surprises or favorite moments, uh, and then also do our 2020 predictions. Now. We haven't really discussed any of this ahead of time, so this will be a lot of new for all of us, even on the podcast. But 2020 could be, you know, anything. So we're going to open it up, and we'll, we'll we'll do the same order. So, so Christina, kick us off with your 2019 first, and then we'll go into 2020 later. Okay. So first of all, overall in general, a lot of people on the podcast probably already know, like the listeners already know this. This is the first year. Like technically, I got my switch the end of December last year, but. I didn't really start playing until like January. So this is like my full, first full year of having a Switch. And for me, the biggest thing is just the fact that I have it and I'm part of this community. I mean, I it, being a part of like, you know, the directs and chatting with people and just being in the podcast and being involved. That for me has been the biggest kind of Nintendo-esque thing for me because I've never really been... 
I mean, I have an Xbox, so I didn't really watch like all the E3s and stuff like that. I would just be like, oh, there's a game trailer. This looks cool. So just being really in it has been really cool. So that's more of like a personal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like my first kind of big moment. My second big, big moment for the year was when they announced Breath of the Wild 2 because that was the first time I was really paying attention to E3. And just seeing that trailer at the end of the Nintendo Direct, I got emotional because it was right when I was playing, I was like getting to the end of Breath of the Wild, the first one. And I was just so like into the game at the moment. So then seeing that and seeing that there's going to be more, it was just so exciting at the moment. Um, And I believe it's estimated to be like exactly one year away from the 30th is when it's supposed to be released, December 30th of next year of 2020 i guess this year (laughs) so i'm just really looking forward to that really excited for that and then my last favorite moment of the year was everybody knows that listens i love all the evs and the ev evolutions i officially beat pokemon sword and i beat the final gym with a full team of ev evolutions minus sbm because there were only so many slots in my team so now when i start the game i see that team every single time i open so it's just like a nice pat on the back like you did good like you got your evolutions, you won, good job. <laughs> so just getting all of the the EV evolutions was really really cool. So more they're more like personal moments rather than Nintendo's this like Nintendo did this thing. But that those were kind of my top three moments from the year. Yeah, that's I like that's that's great. I mean, I wish I had all EV evolutions. <laughs> I mean, it's a goal that I'm going to set for myself, but it'll never happen. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think for me the my 2019. I have it down here is games, games and more games. I mean, there's so many games that um, I had to expand my memory card. I mean, if you remember beginning this year, I had to double the size of my memory card at 256 because I ran out of space on my switch. And um, and then I took, you know, I have now another switch. I have a switch light and I'm filling that up with games. And uh, there's been no shortage at any time throughout the entire year in which I didn't have Mm-mm. something to play or something to be excited about. I think that's the two things that is really great is that there's not only amazing titles in my back catalog, which I could play for years at this point because I have so many games, um, major AAA releases and smaller releases from uh, indies and from Nintendo and from other companies that I could continue to play over and over again. And there's just no shortage. And I think that that has really been awesome to see. And a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily things that you need to pay for. I think the other thing that has really surprised me besides just the amount of indie and third third party support is that Nintendo's given us a bunch of free stuff too, that has really, for me, knocked it out of the park. I mean, we have uh, switches now where you could get a Nintendo switch and sign up for $20 a year, right? And you get access to um, like 100 NES and SNES titles. Like you just get all of those, right? You just get all of them immediately. And then you get Tetris 99, right? Which is one of my games of the year. I love every aspect of Tetris 99. I love Tetris. But you get a Switch, you have this stuff immediate, right? Just And then there's all of these, there's so much stuff, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. just just out there I think is just spectacular to see I mean imagine you get a switch and you get Pokemon right my actual game of the year Um, Mm -hmm. I love Pokemon um, uh, shield and and then you have the the online pass you have all just so much stuff there and 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 then the the eShop is filled with tons of obviously good and bad but 
there's tons of game <laughs> sales all the time where you can pick up game. You could, I mean, you could have your Switch full just of just glorious content for like no money at all. Just so good. Um, and there's tons of free to free to play games. Right? You could get a Switch, not really even give a dime more besides maybe twenty dollars a year. You get NES, SNES. You get Tetris, you get online play, you got your Fortnites, you got your Dauntlesses, right? You get all the, you just so much stuff in a, in a, in a $200 little package, 300 if you want it on your TV, right? Like that, it blows my mind. Then there's on top of this games, 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 there's these unique experiences with, I think the Labo VR, which again, I think is something Labo itself and Labo VR is something unexpected. It's like in, uh, you go to Trader Joe's, you get an unexpected cheddar. I don't know if you guys go to Trader Joe's and get an unexpected cheddar. It's great cheese. And it's like, oh, it's a cheddar, <laughs> but it's unexpected. It's delicious. Like, whoa. Where you get the switch and you're like, whoa, there's this unexpected, there's three unexpected things. You get the lava, you get the VR, and you get the the ring fit, right? There's, you know, there's these weird things that you're not getting anywhere else. And to me, that's magical. That's just magical, nice little bundle of joy. And 2019, I think, really just put it over the top for me of, of really just um loving this little little this little system so good that's mm-hmm. my that's my that's my like all up 2019 moment yeah what about you michael really hitting its stride this year i would say like yeah. Yeah. starting the year a lot of people were concerned thinking there wasn't going to be enough and it seemed like there not only was but just too much you, yeah there's so much you can do with it um so for me i've got a few they're they're a little bit different they're one of them is traveling been doing a lot of traveling for work this year and I get to bring the switch with me. You know, obviously that's that's part of the the appeal of the switch is that it's mobile, but this was one of those years where I finally you you got to play a game home on your television and then go anywhere whether that was when I was flying or tr- in in a vehicle going somewhere across the country, I got to continue that game experience and just continue to play something. And I've said this before, but that was a dream growing up as a child when I would play stuff. And it would be things my friends and I would sit around and be like, imagine if you could just just have like a Game Boy mixed with this and you could just go anywhere with it. I could pick it right up. Like that was the thing I had thought about many, many times. And now it exists. It exists. I can play the same game, not only on the go, but dock it and play it on my on my tv i love 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 that i mean the forager i played 95 percent of the whole game in travel in a car going across country and it's just like this is this is crazy crazy to me that i can do this and then you could just dock it and then you're playing it on your television amazing the other one is that there's much like mont said so many great amazing games there's very very this week i would say is the exception where there's a week where i don't love maybe something that's coming out you know uh, it, it, there's always something to play on the switch there's a i have a backlog that's probably about got 50 games on it um there's always something there's there's no shortage of games for the nintendo switch and i think that's exciting and just great that, that we we have so many options and some of them are surprising options i mean witcher 3 came out on the switch now if you could play this crazy game on your nintendo switch and i think that's exciting and wonderful and then the last one for me it was more of an experience you know i've been to the nintendo store a few times now and over the past couple of years but every time i go uh this year during the holiday season every time i go it's really exciting to be a part of something where so many people love that one thing you're there for one 
thing and everybody's there because they all love it. It's like if you go to Star Wars, right? It, you're there as an experience. It's all because you love mm-hmm. a topic so much. And when you go to the Nintendo store, it's very much like that. And I get that people are there to buy things and shop, but you're there because you all really enjoy the same thing. And and it's really nice to see. And you got little kids running around that love it and you got their parents and then you know, just older people walking around that are also there. And it, it really just kind of the demographic is pretty broad for this one thing. And that's Nintendo. And it's nice to see it in the physical world sometimes where it's easy for us to jump on the podcast and we talk about a game that we're playing in our homes. But this is something where you can actually see, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that do this. It reminded me of like Pokemon Go when that first came out. There's a lot of people sharing in this mm-hmm. experience and it makes it feel more real and more um special, I guess. And so that was one of those reminders for me during the holidays where I just really enjoyed seeing. Now, those are my moments. Everybody's got their moments, some fantastic moments. I think now is the time then for us to discuss what we would like to see, or maybe it's either hopes slash predictions for Nintendo in 2020. And uh, Christina, why don't you jump in if you have something, if not Mott's after her, but uh, let's see what, let's hope for the uh, an even better year in 2020. I guess for me, it's going to be the same. I'm pretty sure I said this last year, even though it was like, I didn't really have a Switch yet. I still want a Tomb Raider game on the Switch. <laughs> that's like my ultimate, like that's my, my ultimate want and hope for 2020, but I highly doubt that's going to be the case. Other than that, I, I don't even know, like 2019 blew me away with how much they came out with for the switch and how many great games came out that i'm not even sure how to predict what they're going to do in 2020 mm-hmm. is there okay. anything so that miss yeah. missing that you would really like to see perhaps not necessarily game not just game based anything but... yeah i i guess uh an even more powerful switch i know where that's probably still pretty far down the line considering they just came out with the switch light but you know, maybe a more powerful switch could handle Tomb Raider, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so far, I mean, I've just been so impressed with this just in general that it's really hard. For, like, I'm really happy with my switch now. It's really hard for me to really want more of it right now, mm-hmm. like this specific switch. Um, maybe as far as accessories, uh, a pro controller that hits all of our marks, which I know we've seen all these controllers come out this past year and they all seem to be missing something. It'd be nice to have just that one pro controller that has everything we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, cordless with a mic input, all of that stuff without stupid buttons on the back. <laughs> I guess that would be my only one thing is that's what I would like. But yeah, I mean, I love this thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh, for me, so... It's going to be a, fa- a fascinating year because we have the PlayStation 5, X, the new Xbox mm-hmm. coming out, the Series X, and um, there's going to be some major competition there. I, I believe that Nintendo may have it easier. There's a lot of rumors that these may be more expensive home consoles. I don't know what these are going to be priced at. If if they're priced at over 400 if they're $500 consoles, uh, Nintendo may not need to lower their price you know, at all. Um, and that might be a good thing for us because that may mean that they could do a Switch Pro, right? And just get rid of the Switch. They have Switch Pro, Switch Lite. Switch Pro is $300 and a docks, and uh, Switch Lite is is the same one. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I really love my switch light. I do wish it was a little bit more powerful so I could get the desktop. Exp- like I wish that there was a switch. Uh, that's I wish there was a, I wish there was a switch. <laughs> hey, Matt, guess what? <laughs> I, I wish there was a switch for my switch that says take my switch light and, and boost the power, you know? Gotcha. Um, and let me drain my battery, mm-hmm. but pump out those graphics because it's the same processor and all stuff. It could do it. Um, like so overclocking it, basically. Yeah, give mm-hmm. me the overclock button to say psh, p- power yeah. boost it. Turbo button. Give me the turbo button. Um, <laughs> so my predictions this year is that um, prediction. Yeah, they're either going to lower the price or... I believe more realistically, I think that there is a, a Nintendo Switch Pro going to come out uh, and it'll be $299. And, and this will be after E3. We won't hear about it till the you know July, August time frame. And it'll be more of a mm. boom, here it is. It's available next month because they need to wait to see what Sony and Microsoft's going to do. They need to attempt to uh, extinguish a little bit of the fire that's that um that, that's going to come from the new console release with these brand new games and you don't want the switch to um be like oh look you know you're getting last gen right now we're kind of in the the current gen ish form um whereas i think what they could do is imagine they do a switch pro and the switch pro launches with metroid 4 and mm-hmm. it, they do a side-by-side comparison of it running on the switch pro versus the switch light boom right like and it's dramatically different and it can be played yeah. on your tv i think the switch pro makes a lot of sense to be that switch you could play everywhere and boom it's the same but it's the same dock it's the same everything so they have it so you can easily upgrade your system there's some uh, system upgrade program in place which would be kind of nice um i think that that's going to happen and i think if they do the switch pro they can keep the same price point they can see, keep the same margins and they just phase out the existing uh switches that are in there i think that would be super duper nifty it plays all the games all the games are forward compatible this is a pipe dream but this is my prediction at least of, of what i would like to see um there now beyond that the one hope and wish that i really still have which i think was from last year I, i'd have to go back and listen to last year's pod is figure out your online story. Just give me, give me mm-hmm. friends lists and give me, make it work. Just, I don't care if, if you need to team up with Epic, right? They seem to be doing some good stuff. Just yeah, make that happen. <laughs> Just let, get let it, it together. Work. Get it together. Yeah. That's all I want. Um, yeah, is definitely notifications and this, and maybe I'll never get it, but I still want it. I still want it really, really bad because, um, even even Dauntless or other things, I have no idea when anybody is playing anything. Um, and if, mm-hmm. if, if I could join their game, I don't want to have to go on to Discord or go on to something else or, or whatever. I just want to be like, hey, you know, Michael's playing join game and, and make, it, make yeah. it kind of magically work. So that's my big 2020 hope and dream is that maybe we could do that. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's a that's a great one. I have I have some of the very similar uh, hopes and dreams for 2021 as a as a hardware device. I'm very content with it. If we got a pro that's more in line competing with the new next gen systems, great, great. I would seriously consider mm-hmm. it because why not? But I'm super content with my my switch. Um, but the software needs something. It needs to be fixed. Whether and and this is like a two or three prong issue. Where first off is the online situation, the the friend code things, and the you know, like you said, you don't know when anybody's on really doing like you can't send a, a like a 
join game you know unless they're in that game i mean you have the little yeah. light thing built in on the joy cons if mots was playing something and he wanted to invite me to it why 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 not send a friend code and then that little light on my joy con lights up and so i know at least hey somebody's on that wants me to play with them let me see let me fire it up and see who's doing something right let me see what 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 this is all about or there's no achievements. There's no messaging. There's no everything on there. It just seems so archaic in compared to everything else that's out there uh, that it needs something. It needs some love. Nintendo really has to get their act together. If this is where they want to be at some point, they got to stop tipping like their toe into the into the pool and really get somebody on the job that knows this part of it and embrace it because it hurts. It, it's, it's not working well the app thing, all of it. It's just not well, not well done. Uh, the the other thing is the eShop. I don't mind. I, I think there's ways that they could to, to, to embrace certain games. You know, sometimes there's just so many things on there that it, things get lost in the shuffle. But one thing I really want to see is that review system. And I don't, it's mm, a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a tough subject because with reviews, you can get in the review bombs, which we've seen a million times, but what if it yeah. embraced the idea of, you know, buyer verified games, you have to either buy the game and, or play it for a set amount of time. There should be something like some gatekeeping involved where your review becomes more valid, or even if it is just literally verified I think something like that needs to happen because then it makes it just more meaningful when you leave a review. Yeah. But I want to see something like that. There's been many, many games that I've opened up and I'm like, oh man, now I have to go off my switch on my phone or on my computer to see some other, whether it's Steam or Metacritic, which I, I generally don't like, but let's say it's Steam. Nintendo doesn't have anything to rate a game. There's no reviews. There's nothing like that. I open it up. Say it's, let's slay the spire. I go on Steam. Oh, it's got amazing reviews. Oh, it's $10 cheaper. I'll just buy it here and not give Nintendo any of my money. You're not helping Mm -hmm. yourself. You're pushing people off your platform when they're sitting at the store waiting to spend money and they go somewhere else and then find it cheaper, which is most of the time the case and just going there and buying it what you need to embrace your buyers and listen to what they need and want and that is one of the things many people are asking for get it together the other thing that drives me crazy is we don't have any way to organize our games you gave us some crappy three options to sort them based on how often you play it and blah, blah, blah. I want folders. Let me organize my games the way I want. And that doesn't seem like it would be a huge uh, task to undertake. They, they should be able to handle that. The, the DS had it where you could create folders. You can organize your games. I want to be able to organize my games. I want to be able to label a folder and say, maybe these are completed. Let me put them in that finished folder. These are to be played. These are this. These are that. Maybe things can be color coded. I don't know, but there needs to be something in there where I can organize them my way, the way I want to do it and not the way they gave us. It just doesn't do the job. The last two things I hope and want to see, or at least I think we could see, is I, I'm i really hoping we get to see a bigger teaser for Metroid Prime. I don't think we'll see the game, obviously, but I, I think E3 is a good place where we, maybe we can see something other than just a title screen. We know last year they 
or was it this year? Or at some point they recently relaunched and restarted the whole development cycle, but it would be nice to see something. Uh, and then more on Zelda. I want to see more at E3 this year for that. So those are my, mm-hmm. my game related things and my software related things for 2020. Nice. Nice. I love it. I love all I of definitely, it. I definitely agree with the online, though, because as you were talking, Mots, it popped into my head. And I was like, oh, I should have mentioned that. Just the whole online system in itself. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because that, that's been rough. And I know we've talked about specifically that quite a few times throughout the year yeah. d- during the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where we've mentioned it over and over. I think last year, if we go back to probably our 2019 yeah. predictions, it's going to be the same or E3 predictions or mm-hmm. something. It's never going to happen. I mean, it's all pipe. It's never going to happen, but we can, we can, dream. Yeah. yeah, we can uh, dream. We can hope, but I, I agree. I don't think we're going to see it for whatever reason, but uh, we yeah. can hope. Well, I do want to thank both of you for being my co-hosts on the show and to all of our listeners for sticking with us through 2019. And, and I can't wait for 2020. I'm super excited. Uh, and I, lo- I love both of you. Absolutely. That was my bonus number four top moment was just getting to be able to do the podcast and chat with some of our listeners and you guys each week about something we all love. I already mentioned it in my top three moments, so I'm covered. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I guess that is going to do it for our epic 2019 going into 2020 Nintendo Dispatch. I hope everyone has an amazing New year and amazing 2020. If you have top picks for your 2019, head us up in our Discord. Go to nintendodispatch.com. There's a Discord button. You can tweet at us. You can write into us. You can do all the things. We'd appreciate it. So that's going to do it for this week. Until next time, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.